Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. Innovation, technology, and heightened competition continue to force the healthcare industry to adapt, and more specifically, converge, blurring boundaries between sectors as organizations look to control costs, stratify risk, and improve outcomes. At Vynamic, we believe this convergence presents a transformational opportunity for organizations to think creatively about their markets, revamp their business models, and ultimately improve their value proposition to consumers. I'm here with Mindy McGrath and Ryan Hummel to discuss the drivers of this convergence, the current industry response, and how organizations can position themselves for success in this evolving ecosystem. Let's dive in. We touched on the concept of convergence in our 2023 trends episode, but Mindy, can you give our listeners a refresher on what we mean when we talk about convergence in the healthcare industry? Of course, Jen. Convergence is really where organizations from different sectors, such as health plans, payers, providers, life sciences, and health tech, are really beginning to play in one another's domains. They are developing adjacent capabilities through services and products to address what I think some of the most pressing challenges continue to be in the health system, and really positioning themselves to derive greater value in the market. It's also being driven by this transform or be left behind thinking that organizations seem to be adopting. As we know, convergence in the healthcare industry isn't necessarily a new trend. I think all the way back 60 years ago, right, when Kaiser Permanente first stood up their organization and served as both a health plan and a provider. We now call that a payvider in today's terms. But you think about also what has changed in that 60 years, and even over the past decade, that paved the way to the convergence that we are now seeing in the marketplace. Really, when you look at the healthcare industry, it's very different today than it was a decade ago. You look at the expansion of channels in terms of how care is being delivered, the adoption and acceleration of technology and data sharing, that's really advancing and enabling greater opportunities to connect consumers today. Right? Trust is a big issue for consumers today. And the demand that they have for just much more frictionless navigation has become paramount. Affordability, which is a topic that we've talked about frequently, remains a stubborn challenge for many. And the pressure has really been on to improve cost, quality, and outcomes. More recently, too, we've seen the elevation of how chronic and societal factors become a really, really important part of solving in the healthcare industry today. Set against the backdrop, right, of workforce crisis that we are facing globally, and this, this belief now that there is opportunity to really extend beyond the term healthcare and really think about how prevention and well-being to achieve whole health becomes part of the equation. A result of all of that is that we are seeing new entrants with really fresh perspectives on things like consumer centricity, pressuring the status quo of a system that's been in existence for a very long time. And in response to that, we are also seeing incumbent healthcare organizations that are establishing these new capabilities that are adjacent to what their core business has been in order for them to expand across the value chain. 
Great point, Mindy. I think one of the primary ways we've seen incumbent organizations try to establish these new capabilities is through mergers, acquisitions, or partnerships. Especially in that pay vider space that you mentioned, it seems like the headlines have been nonstop. In 2022, we saw United, CVS, and Humana all acquire, or at least attempt to acquire, home health providers. Humana and Elevance have been making significant investments in building out their primary care. And CVS is still looking for a primary care acquisition with the rumors swirling around Oak Street. At J.P. Morgan Healthcare last month, we saw CVS Health announce major investments in Carbon Health, Monogram Health, and Array Behavioral Care. So certainly a huge amount of news coming out of the payvider space. Ryan, can you help us understand a little bit better what's driving this surge in cross-sector transactions and partnerships? You know, Kaiser and Geisinger aside, you know, those are really good examples that Mindy mentioned about convergence. This is actually a long time coming. If you can envision for a minute a healthcare solar system in your mind with the patient and the patient value in the middle as our sun and, and the planets being the different sectors and areas of healthcare rotating around that patient for honestly like the last hundreds of years. Now you picture that sun becoming very electromagnetic and seeing all these sectors being drawn in all of a sudden. And that's what we're seeing. And like most transformations, it has the potential to be really amazing and great. And it also has some maybe not so great ramifications as well. But in general, most transactions and partnerships aim to make more organizations, healthcare service companies, more competitive in the market and meet increasing customer or patient expectations. And I believe in this case, the growing complexities of Mindy's famous healthcare money maze and the constant handoffs that are happening every day in our healthcare industry is really forcing new ways of thinking and therefore converging. And ultimately, most healthcare organizations are trying to provide more convenient, high quality, and low cost care. And the hypothesis around convergence is that it will make these organizations become more efficient as well. I've used the nurse navigator position as a use case. You can use the idea of a convenient corner hypothesis as well. You mentioned CVS Health or Walgreens or dollar stores. They have a monopoly or an advantage of geography. So why not get into this convergent conversation? And this often requires acquiring new capabilities. This is kind of comes part and parcel to convergence. If you don't have the capability, you're going to need to attain it in some way. And most companies are then faced with this build or buy question. And if you think about that, it's all part of this electromagnetism to the sun or the patient and buying through merger and acquisition or even a partnership often has a lower entry barrier or lower risk than actually building it yourself. And it can afford a lot of quick competitive advantages like scale, market access, and even really good talent acquisition. An example of which is a provider or a provider network acquiring or partnering with a health plan to deliver perhaps a curated network insurance offering tailored to the market. It's far easier for a provider then who doesn't have the capabilities like claims payment or things around a claim and payment efficiencies to partner with a health plan and take this route. Folks have seen this for generations and tried to do it on their own and have realized finally that they just can't do it with efficiency. And when we see convergence across the sectors, it's normally about capturing more of the value chain. This typically positions organizations to respond in an agile way to market or business conditions. 
One other example or hypothesis that we're seeing around convergence, as Jen has mentioned to providers, is this idea of conveners or aggregators. And you think of the companies like McKesson or Marisource Bergen, or even physician aggregators across the country are really utilizing and taking advantage of this convergence conversation to be more of a convener or a healthcare organization holistically. From a positioning standpoint, what we have seen, right, is the word care coming off of the word healthcare, and that much of the convergence we're seeing is, is really focused on the idea of the expansion of health and what does health look like today, right? So it's, it's consumer-driven, it's the idea of convenience and frictionless interaction, but I think it's also taking a much more global view of how to try to address some of the economic conditions that have presented themselves in the in, in industry that's been really stubborn about changing and pushing the envelope on the opportunity for prevention and more health and well-being in this total health belief that seems to be emerging now in the marketplace. I love this idea of the gravitational pull of the consumer, the gravitational pull towards total health being a true driver of this convergence. I'm curious about how the current financial situation might be impacting some of this as well between the overall U.S. economy, the workforce crisis and the associated labor costs, the post-COVID fallout as the public health emergency winds down and health funding shifts. It seems to me that financial sustainability could really be an emerging concern across the industry that could be catalyzing some of this movement as well. Jen, it's a very good point. And we're hearing every day from our clients and partners that they're shifting away from prior strategic priorities, such as value-based care, and to focus on really securing their financial sustainability as they see these huge macroeconomic headwinds facing them. And it's not because they don't believe in the idea of value-based care. But there is just still misalignment and a realization that they have not been really successful in owning this value-based care journey. And they are really seeing that they can capture much more value through a convergence. And that's just certainly one way to get there. Open up any major publication in healthcare, and they're suggesting a majority of our health system partners and margins will be close to zero or even negative in 2023. And you're seeing a wave of organizational restructuring happening at the leadership level and the service level to reduce high cost middle management and executive jobs. And when it comes to convergence, it seems to be a buyer's market or a seller's market, depending on who you are in that scenario in the provider sector, specifically as these aforementioned stressed providers need both an infusion of cash to, to stay relevant, or they need transformation to engage patients to grow their top line as well. And this could be an opportunity, and you've already mentioned some of these larger health plans that are turning into healthcare service organizations who are frankly cash rich post-pandemic, and they're making strategic acquisitions and see really well-foundationalized healthcare providers and taking them on. And it also means that there is going to continue to be consolidation through a lot of M&A activity despite these economic conditions. And as we look at our friends in healthcare technology, they are similarly strapped for cash. And digital health has seen a reduction of something like 48% in funding. And this is all relative because there's been so much influx of investment in the last three years. So even though it's a 48% decrease, we're still seeing a lot of, of money being invested in digital health. But traditional buyers of healthcare tech, like these large provider systems who are struggling, 
they're not in a financial position to make an investment. And when it comes to cutting costs, typically this is the area that they will. And one would argue, and I could argue that that may not be a smart cut because the further behind you get on things like digital transformation and engaging your patients through self-scheduling and, and capturing the whole care of a person digitally is going to reap long-term benefits, but you can't blame leaders for looking at areas like that to cut. And this may make them even a riper target for health plans who are already operating in a more insure tech space and digitizing already as they have a lot of cash and they will drive further convergence in this area. Ryan, as you were talking through some of those scenarios, I think beyond the financial conditions, another market driver of convergence is really the shift that we've seen in where and how care is delivered. Pre-pandemic, care was already moving away from traditional settings, and then we saw an acceleration, more emphasis placed on things like convenience, access, and affordability, and that really led to the utilization of telehealth and other types of virtual care solutions. We've also seen an uptick, right, in retail and urgent care, and just non, what I would call the non-traditional channels are all getting dialed up, and I think many non-traditional players have really embarked on pretty aggressive strategies to try to jump into the healthcare industry with solutions and offerings that they think is, are more consumer-centric. We've also seen right, more non-traditional players embark on very aggressive primary care strategies in order to better connect care to consumers where and when they want it and capitalize on some of those savings that a primary care model can actually deliver. So what we're seeing now is this time frame where there's a lot of movement in the industry. There's almost like a, a feet on the street type of race right now for how much you can establish your solutions and offerings in a marketplace where the things that consumers value may look and feel very different than what has traditionally been valued. I think about some of the companies that are non-traditional and how they have really just morphed into different types of organizations. And part of what we've been talking about related to convergence is that healthcare companies that played in particular sectors, the lines are blurring for them. They really are positioning and thinking of themselves as health organizations. And there's probably no better example than Optum, which is part of United Health Group, and we would consider them traditionally as being a health plan, but you look at what they've done in the last couple of years and really how they've become a health services organization that stratifies the industry value chain. And so I think the financial conditions set up for that, but there's also recognition by many of these entrants into this space that there's opportunity to really kind of pressure test the status quo of creative ways in which care can be delivered that doesn't have to happen in the four walls of a building of a hospital or a clinic. It seems like this paradigm shift towards convergence in the industry is only going to continue to build momentum. Ryan, if I'm a healthcare leader listening to this podcast, what should I be asking myself right now? It all starts with prioritizing and rethinking your strategy and to shift the holistic thinking of your organization. Uh, when we think about convergence, I think something that is universal here is the status quo is just not going to work anymore. Keeping your organization's vision and mission in mind, we recommend reflecting on 
how your organization is really impacted by this convergence and what obstacles, benefits, or opportunities exist. And how do you get closer to the sun, in this case, the patient, effectively and efficiently? How does your organization have the requisite technology capabilities, operating models, and talent required for this next wave? And it's not pretty, right? It's when you have folks that have been working in telephonics for the last 20 years, where that no longer is going to be an effective way to communicate with your patients, or at least the balance is going to shift. What do you do about that? How do you train folks? How do you reimagine your operating models to be digitized? Well, if you can't do it internally, you're going to have to join the convergence bandwagon another way. How do you add specific capabilities to enable your organization to deliver better care outcomes and consumer experience? We've talked about the deprioritization of value-based care, but that doesn't mean outcomes have been deprioritized. This ultimately is about making sure that the care we give patients creates better outcomes, longevity, health, and wellness. And so no easy task for our friends in the space of health, but it is imperative that these folks focus on their vision and their strategic priorities. And once you've identified the impact of these changes, you can then build an intentional plan and assign priorities for this transformation. Yes, Ryan, I think you really hit on the word intentional because you could see with all this movement going on in the industry, why there could be, you fall into a trap, right? Of maybe moving too soon or, or placing the wrong bet and decisions could really not align with your strategy or worse is if you go through with it, fail to really realize what the full potential is. And this then translates and cascades into how you assess the impact of your go-to-market approaches. What needs to change? What do you do differently? How do you filter and evaluate what types of partnership opportunities may be best for your organization at this point in time, given what your plan is? And you know, last but not least, I don't think we can underscore what the business model changes need to be because you are talking about really having organizations expand what their capabilities are. And with that, comes all the things we talk about when it comes to change management and those types of things, but really fundamentally, how does it shift your business? And what do you need to do to be ready for these types of expansions of your capabilities, services, and product offerings? For generations, these sectors and specifically the provider sector has been mutually exclusive, right? And this type of transportation requires thinking through the impact in totality. And and integration is key, and not just integration by word or performatively. True integration, purely bolting on partnerships or acquisitions will not allow you to realize the full potential that we've talked about in convergence and really prioritize and thinking through with the best leaders how you will integrate this patient experience, how you will offer them multiple opportunities, cross-sell how you take your capabilities and multiply them instead of adding them, how you realize economies of scale. These are all very important and have to happen pretty quickly. I love your point around integration, Ryan. I think from the patient perspective as well, integration is really key. Right now, the industry is so complex, fragmented, and difficult to navigate. I think of some of my own personal experiences as someone well-versed in healthcare can still be a challenge. So I really think that organizations that can break down these silos and deliver a seamless customer experience would certainly have a competitive advantage and really be positioned to win. I want to thank you both so much for sharing your perspectives on this industry imperative. 
for more information on conversions, be sure to check out our forthcoming insights in the first half of 2023. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.